Welcome to the PR in Your Life podcast number 15. This podcast is designed to help age 40 and over athletes live their best life. On this episode, we're going to talk about testosterone. The loss of testosterone starts around age 40 and is the start of the aging process. Replacing it can be a game changer for men and women. We've got a lot to share, so let's quit wasting time and go. Hi, I'm Dr. Libby. And I'm Coach Alex. Welcome to PR in Life Podcast, where it's all about thriving, not just surviving as an over 40 athlete. I've been a family practitioner for almost 20 years, and I have been dissatisfied with what medicine has to offer athletes. Now, as a functional medicine doctor, I've teamed up with Alex, a functional health coach, to talk about how to get to the root cause of symptoms. And together, we'll teach you how to make 40 and beyond the best years of your life. Hey, Alex. Good morning. How you doing? Oh, man. Just, I feel like my day's already half gone. (laughs) (laughs) Getting up early and knocking things out, huh? Yes, getting it done. Yeah. What'd you do this morning? Uh, Got up, listened to a podcast, studied a little bit, um, went to the office. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All before 10 o'clock in the morning, Uh, right? That was all before 9. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I know. I love my mornings. Yeah. How about you? What'd you do? Yeah. So um, I did all kinds of things. So I have this little morning routine going on right now. But so from 530 to 7, I do kind of self-care stuff. But lately, I've been doing a lot of meditation. And I've been meditating for a while now. Um, It's one of those things I keep learning about that it's so good for you, but yet I'm such a doer that I kind of hate to like waste the time to meditate. Yeah. It just feels like, oh, I need to check things off the to-do list, right? Yes. So when I very first started, I started with like three minutes. And quite honestly, like, I don't know that I felt like it helped that much, but I, I, I mean, it did. Um, but I was such a believer in all that I research I was reading about it that I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm going to keep doing this. So I just consistently kept doing it. And then I eventually um, went to about 10 minutes per day. But right now I'm doing this, um, a longer meditation. So not forever, but I'm, I'm going through this this process that I read about where I'm doing this like, I don't know, it's like 45 minutes or so of meditation. Okay. So tell me, what does that look like when you say meditation? Yeah. So there's so many different ways to do it. I mean, you can just be sitting there, um, but I, I've been, I do a guided meditation. Okay. So I've downloaded one that I'm listening to on my computer right now, and it's a progressive meditation. So what I'm doing now, it's like a four-week meditation, and the first week it was like 20 minutes, and the second week it turned into like... 30 minutes and then this week it's 45 minutes and I think next week it's more like an hour and it builds like the first part is um, kind of like an induction phase so it kind of just gets you nice and calm and relaxed Mm -hmm. in your brain waves at this nice low frequency and then um, and then it starts um, getting a little bit deeper and and it's all about kind of connecting with Um, where you are, but then evaluating things that you may want to change in your life with different Mm -hmm. thoughts and beliefs and stuff. So it's pretty interesting. So I I, I did that this morning. And they say it's really good to do it first thing in the morning or at the end of the day, you know, when your mind is just a little bit less distracted, Mm -hmm. easier to get into that, that more meditative state. And I just find it to be really helpful. Yeah. Really helpful. Well, it really ties into what we're talking about today. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I've, I'm, 
I've bought into um, all the lifestyle changes. You know, yes. I mean, I realize diet and exercise and all of that, but but this has been the hardest lifestyle change for me to buy into because it just feels like I've got too much to do to do something like that. But um, I don't think I'll spend the rest of my life meditating for an hour every single day. But I do think it will always be something that I at least do a little bit of regularly. Well, and I think with practicing the meditation that it also opens your um, brain up to listen to all the other cues in your life. Mm -hmm. So I think it's such a wonderful beginning foundation to Mm -hmm. really listening to all the other things we ignore that Mm -hmm. our body tells us. Absolutely. So yeah, so I did that. And then I did a little leg workout, took the dog on a walk, did a leg workout. And now we're here. We're recording a podcast. Ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, we are going to talk about testosterone yes. today. And, um, you know, I've seen it be a problem for patients for years. I mean, even when I was in my conventional medicine practice, it was a topic that came up a lot, um, more for men than women, of course. But, um, you know, it just naturally seems to get lower as we get older. And I, I think it's supposed to get a little bit lower as we get older. But I see so many men around age 40, and their number isn't super duper low. I mean, I guess it would be like, okay, by conventional medicine standards, but it's not optimal. That's for sure. So and it depends on the lab what the normals are, but just say the normal is somewhere between like 200 and 1000. It's not uncommon for me to see a guy that's 40 be like 300, 400, something like that. Yeah. And they just don't feel great. Mm -hmm. And um Replacing it certainly makes them feel better. Um, And then um, I I read a book. You know, I I do all these conferences. I do all these little online classes and different things because I just love learning this stuff. But um, several months ago, I um, was listening to a seminar, and it was about testosterone for women and um, talking about how beneficial it is for for them, too. And I read a book um, by a physician who has a primarily testosterone replacement practice, um, Kathy Maupin, I believe is the name of the lady whose book I read. And it was called Testosterone, the Secret Female Hormone. Okay. And it was super fascinating because, you know, we tend to think of estrogen and progesterone for women, but we don't really think of testosterone. We know that they have it and they have less amounts than men, but, but it's super important for them as well. And, you know, so I became kind of a believer in maybe optimizing this for people might help them feel better. And I've certainly done that with a lot of my patients and I think it does work, but then I'm always sort of torn with like, why? Why is that low? Yeah. You know, is it supposed to be that low when you're 40? And if not, why? And what yeah. can we do about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. And it's amazing on how many lifestyle changes we can make naturally mm-hmm. to, you know, boost our testosterone levels. Absolutely. And they're not easy. Like, I think Mm-mm. just fixing, the, like, giving testosterone, like, works and people feel good and it's like, okay. But then always the question in my mind is what's the end game right exactly. like we just how this... long forever for right. the rest of your life right yeah. unless you're willing to like make some major major lifestyle changes and so so um you know i have kind of evolved to trying to kind of handle both of those things so yeah. you know I, my, my biggest goal is let's address the underlying causes why is the testosterone low and um can we can we fix that and but then sometimes it's like okay let's 
let's replace it too to get people feeling good and still work on those underlying causes and see if we can't keep that to be a temporary thing. Now, the problem with doing that is um, sometimes people aren't willing to make the lifestyle changes if they have what they yeah. are looking for, mm-hmm. you know? And right. so um, so I've seen that happen time and time again. It's like, yeah, I don't want to make any lifestyle changes. Just give me the stuff <laughs> and, yeah. and then we'll I'll be good. But well, you know. it was interesting that podcast that you and I listened to yeah. of them talking about even the men who raise their testosterone levels with the injections, mm-hmm. the side effects they had mm-hmm. and weren't the side effects they really wanted, you know, belly fat, man mm-hmm. boobs, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Sure. So there's still that goes back to the um, lifestyle cha- changes right. that offset the Ab- side effects. Absolutely. So um, testosterone can convert to estrogen and then estrogen can leave you with unwanted side effects that Mm -hmm. that men don't want and um and so i mean there are ways to to deal with that and and we put men on estrogen blockers and some things like that to prevent that but the bottom line is there's no magic cure for a terrible lifestyle you know and so um so getting to some of that um i mean just yeah. Starting square one with the stuff that I have you work with the clients with yeah. about dialing the diet and yeah. dialing in the dialing in the um, stress response because you know I, I've thought about this a lot and I thought why is this I mean why in the world do so many people have such low testosterone because it's super common I mean I, I it was something I didn't bring up a lot in my old practice but it got brought up a lot by I mean men would ask me about it and um, it seems like it's just so 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 common for hardly anyone I know mm-hmm. is in the optimal range for where they should be for the testosterone, men and women in general. And why? Why are they low like that? And um, it, as I've learned more and more functional medicine, I've kind of come up with, I think, three reasons as to why it is. And the first is the first thing that I work on with all my patients, and that is Adrenal, adrenal fatigue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, HPA axis dysfunction, but fixing that because we live in this, you know, chronic stressed out world, yes. right? You know, and that's that's why I meditated this morning is because I'm trying to teach my body that, like, I am not being chased by a tiger. My life is yeah, not an emergency. Yeah, you don't have to yeah. tap into that parasympathetic, you know, calmness. And that keeps my body from trying to take all of these stress hormones, you know, these precursors and turning it into cortisol to keep up with this crazy stressful life yeah. that I'm, I'm living. And um, this is common. I mean, everybody, I think, is falling into this. Yeah. And, you know, in some ways, maybe this is one thing that's been good about COVID um, is that it's forced us to all slow down a little bit. You know, yeah. it has been somewhat nice to not have my kids so busy and you know Andy running one way with one kid and me running one the other way with the other kid because we've got so many activities you can and eat things. at home as a family there's yeah. so many different things that we're able to do now because like you said we're not scheduled from 6 a.m to 9 p.m right absolutely so that is good for people mm-hmm. is to just slow down and even if even if you can't spend 45 minutes meditating i mean really 3 minutes will make a big big difference um but just taking some time during the day and taking some yeah breaths you mm-hmm. know just 
breathing. You yeah. know, I mean, it's taking and that that helps to calm your body. And, um, you know, our body is just in this constant overdrive mode. And so and that is not good for us. I mean, and it no. seems I think people think that seems too simple, like that's not going to really help. But it's the cumulative effect over time that it really, really does right. help. And of course, I fix this with my patients and we um, we look at the pro- precursors. So there's a precursor called pregnenolone that is the precursor to all your sex hormones and cortisol. And when people are stressed out, they're making all the taking that pregnenolone and making all the cortisol. And sometimes they're not even making enough cortisol, and that's why they're really tired. But they're definitely not making their sex hormones. And so we, we replace that. And we do it in a way that kind of retrains the brain to do it on its own eventually. So they don't need to be on it forever. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, working on the lifestyle as well. But that pregnenolone comes from cholesterol. Yeah. Which is, I mean, Isn't I that was funny that taught, cholesterol yeah. is good to make. That's where the testosterone comes from. Exactly. I mean, we've been taught cholesterol is such a bad guy, yeah. right? Like we want low, low, low cholesterol. Low fat, low cholesterol yes. is the way, right? And what I'm learning is no, like we need cholesterol. Now, we don't want super, super high levels high, of cholesterol. But you don't want the super low either. You don't and, want super low either. And the mix of your fats. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's partly why this low fat craze you know, that we've been in for all of my adulthood, yeah. you know, we're just finally coming out of it, is so, so bad. And we, we need healthy fats to build your hormones. Mm-hmm. So that's one key thing. Yeah. You know, we need to calm the adrenals by breathing and slowing down. We need to eat the healthy fats to have the cholesterol to yeah. make the hormones, right? Yeah. yeah. You know? So that's so incredibly powerful. So I think the number one reason the testosterone is low is because of the adrenal fatigue, mm-hmm. for sure. The second reason is I think we're just living longer. Yeah. You know, I mean, 40 is the new 30, you know, and, and I think, I mean, you and I are both approaching 50 and I'm Wait thinking. I thought 50 was a new 30. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's going to be <laughs> my new definition now yeah. because I'm getting closer, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and I'll tell you at, I'm about to turn 46 now and um, I don't feel like I am. No. Ready to slow down. Not, and I think about where my parents were at my age. I know. And I feel like I'm night and day. Yeah. Thank goodness compared to where they were. Yeah. I do not feel like I'm ready Mm-mm. to kind of hang it up and hang it up and throw in the towel and be like, no. well, I'm old now. I'm I mean, done. I, I'm not there. And I, I don't think a lot of other people our age are there either, no. you know? And so, um, you know, in this book, they talked about that humans are the only mammals that outlive their testosterone production that like you know we just live a longer life yeah. and that our bodies aren't producing the testosterone so much so there is some aging associated with it yeah. i think too and um the third thing that i've seen that i think happens that causes the testosterone to be low is endocrine disruptors mm-hmm. and when i say that i basically mean toxins yeah what we went over a couple weeks ago yeah so what happens is those toxins and this is like what you get from you know bpa and phthalates and you know from plastics and um but then also from you know the cash register receipts like we were talking before but also um just the chemicals in our food supply yeah a lot of those chemicals look like hormones to the body i mean it looks very similar and those disruptors bind to the um, receptor sites that the hormone would otherwise bind to. And so it's like the body 
thinks it has enough of the hormone, but it's really not. And so that decreases the production. You know, all the productions of hormones are in very complicated, like negative feedback loops. Mm-hmm. So if the body senses enough of the hormone, it's like, oh, don't need to make any more of that. Yeah. But it's sensing a false hormone because it's really an endocrine disruptor. And that is really a big part of um, yeah. of this as well. And so that is it's super important to just kind of address those underlying causes and to get um, get that fixed so that the testosterone naturally goes goes back up. Yeah. Um so so I think that's why it happens um is 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 those three things that we talked about. And so the way I like to fix it for my patients and the way you and I work on it together is we fix the adrenals, mm-hmm. we check their liver toxicity and, and treat their toxicity. And then also I do think there's some benefit to just fixing it directly. Um Although not trying to get people to rely on that as a crutch because it will be a forever right. solution if, if we have to do that. Because I'll tell you, the benefits of testosterone replacement are a lot. You know, when, when you talk about hormone replacement, I think people are always, always a little bit nervous because it's like, oh, gosh, like, yeah. um, you know, you hear things like, oh, hormones can cause cancer. And is that really safe? And should I or shouldn't I? Mm-hmm. And um, that certainly is a is our legitimate concern. And that came out of this study, um, the Women's Health Initiative. This was back when I was finished, well, I was a resident at Miami Valley Hospital when that study came out. And I remember the phones ringing off the hook because everybody that was on hormone replacement therapy was like, do I need to stop this stuff? And we were reflexively just almost stopping everybody because we were scared to death. The study had been done to try to prove that hormone replacement therapy was helpful in preventing heart disease. Like and we're talking estrogen and progesterone. Yeah. And what they found was there was an increase in heart disease in some of these hormone replacement patients. And so we freaked out, you know, yeah. and everybody medicine freaked out. We're like, just quit taking hormones. No one needs to be on hormones. And really since that time there has been a big fear factor with hormones. And what when you look at the studies closer, what you what you find is that the group that had the increased risk of heart disease were women who had had hysterectomies. So they were, no, let me think about this. They were women who had not had hysterectomies. I think okay. they were on estrogen and progesterone combination products. And they were higher risk patients anyways. A lot of them were patients who had already had heart disease. And they were having a slightly higher incidence of increased heart disease. Okay, But what these women were on was um, a synthetic progesterone called progestin. And progestin is not the same as progesterone. And so that is the biggest key factor is that progestin. So we didn't see it with bioidentical estrogen. We did not see it with bioidentical progesterone. But when you give someone progestin, there was and they are a high-risk patient anyways, there was an increased risk. So in low-risk patients on natural hormones, the risk is very, very much lower. Um, But that's estrogen, progesterone. Testosterone doesn't have those risks at all. There's no increased risk of cancer. The only um, caveat I would say would be a man with prostate cancer 
testosterone could potentially feed the prostate cancer, not cause prostate cancer in somebody who doesn't have but, prostate cancer, yeah. but feed an already existing mm-hmm. prostate cancer. But testosterone doesn't cause breast cancer. It doesn't increase the risk of a recurrence of even no. breast cancer. It's super duper safe. And, um, and so that's why, I mean, I feel comfortable replacing estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone in my female patients, but even for the ones that are still a little squeamish about estrogen and progesterone, testosterone is a really, really safe way to go. Yeah. You know? Well, I know from my personal experience, I did the bidentical hormone Mm -hmm. replacement for probably nine months, Mm -hmm. and I the two things right off the bat that were biggest issues for me were, you know, I was never a sleeper. Mm Mm-hmm horrible sleeper mm-hmm. never could sleep through the night i noticed within months i was sleeping all night and i was sleeping deeper mm-hmm. felt more rested um the other one was my overall outlook mm-hmm. i felt like i was just content happy yes. um all the time and so it was just amazing to me now then as an athlete i really struggled because i thought is this giving me a leg up am mm-hmm. i cheating am i doing this and all doing all that and i remember my doctor telling me you're at normal levels now mm-hmm. you were right. so low before we're not talking eight times off the chart right making you you know that whatever cheating right. that kind of stuff and i remember that being such a I just always felt so bad about that. Um, yeah. But this kind of makes me think about when you talk about sometimes we put people on it and then try to fix the other things. Because mm-hmm. when I started with you for the testing, you wanted me off of everything for mm-hmm. two to three months mm-hmm. so we would get accurate readings. So I remember what I found so interesting was when I went off the hormones um, and had that time, but then I switched my diet mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. and started the um, supplements I didn't feel any difference, mm-hmm. which was wonderful. Yeah, I so mean, you didn't feel worse stopping no, the hormones. Yeah. I was so worried that mm-hmm. handicap of, oh yes. my gosh, if you take this away. So it tells me that my body kind of readjusted to mm-hmm. a lot of things, changing my nutrition, changing my stressors, um, getting my cortisol fixed. So I can 100 attest to just making those lifestyle changes was a game changer. Absolutely. And um you know, I don't think it's cheating. Like, it's getting. It's it's almost like it's a disadvantage to be as low yeah. as you are. Mm-hmm. So getting you to be in the normal range, just normal, isn't cheating. I mean, to get maybe it'd be cheating if but we it's get weird. You it's way, a whole thing. Yeah. Oh, you're taking testosterone. You right. must be. And it right. was like, you know what? I'm never going to be an Olympic gold medalist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so does it yeah. really matter? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I, I did it sort of opposite for myself. Like I was um, sort of of the camp anti wanting to directly replace hormones. Like, okay, we should be able to fix this naturally, Mm -hmm. fix the underlying cause. And as I fixed my adrenals and fixed my gut and my toxicity and, you know, just really cleaned up my lifestyle and as far as stress and diet and all that stuff. And I felt so great, you know, I mean, so much better. And I'm like, um, but, you know, some of the things that testosterone the benefits that you can find from testosterone, I felt like weren't maybe as optimized as I would want them to be. And so I thought, I'll just try just a teeny little bit of and see. And I found that it did give me even a little bit more extra edge. And Mm -hmm. and what I noticed with it was um, 
a little bit less fatigue, a little bit improved just general sense of well-being, yeah. which testosterone does. And then, of course, there's always the, um, you know, thing that no one ever wants to say. The but sex drive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, it really does make a yeah. big difference with that. And um, so so that is a nice benefit of exactly. testosterone, too. And um, I mean, the testosterone, it, it does make people feel a lot, lot better. And and the side effects of it, I mean, really. I felt no side effects. Yeah. I mean, for me, I didn't. Yeah, absolutely. None. It really, it's like, why wouldn't you try this stuff? Exactly. I mean, it is really, mm-hmm. um, that's why the book's called The Secret Fem- the Secret Female Hormone, because no one talks about it, but it really is, can be yeah. game, game changing for men and women. It's like, if you, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't want to feel old. And why feel old if you don't have to? Right. I mean, that it goes back to there's so many resources that are available to us. Mm-hmm. Why are we not? I don't want to be 50 and sitting in my car just miserable and not wanting to do life. Yeah. You know, I was listening to this lecture I think it was this weekend, actually, um, by Jeff Bland. And Jeff Bland was basically the founder of functional medicine. Back in 1989, uh, I found this fascinating. He and like 40 other healthcare professionals met, um, I think, in Calgary. And they discussed the healthcare system and like, what is wrong with this healthcare system? And what can we do to make it better? And they just kind of brainstormed. And then they met again the next year, 1990. And that's when the term functional medicine was actually coined. And they came up with it kind of like, what are we trying to avoid? Dysfunction. Mm -hmm. What's the opposite of dysfunction? Function. Let's call it functional medicine. Like that's that's pretty much how it came up. And in really then in doing some research, they found people had been calling types of medicine functional medicine from the like 1800s even, I think. So it wasn't a new term, but it was seemed new because no one was certainly using it. And that's when the Institute of Functional Medicine then became founded. And that's who I've been doing my training and stuff through too. But Jeff, but the lecture was by him and it was so fascinating to hear from him. But he talked about um, our goal in healthcare, it seems in conventional medicine is just the absence of disease. That's what we're striving for. And I don't want that to be what I'm striving for. No. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't want to just be like, okay, I have no diseases, so I'm healthy. Sound great. I, I mean, I want to have no diseases, but I also want to feel amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. Know? You want to, like you said, we're, well, not you, because you had your kids opposite what I did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my kids are getting close to the age, I hope, that in the next couple of years, we'll have grandkids. Yeah. And you know what? I want to play with them and be as active with them as I was with my kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's so many goals, like you and I hear that working with some of our clients, you know, what are your goals? I want to play with my grandkids. Absolutely. You know, I want to run a 5K again. Yeah. And so it's like, yes, you yes. know, we want you to live life too up until, you know, you get hit by a car and you die that way instead of 10 chronic diseases. Right. Exactly. I want to keep living yeah. my life. And some of my favorite clients to work with have been some of those clients who are a little bit getting a little bit older and they're they're at that spot. They're like, oh my gosh, like I want to make sure these retirement years are really yeah. great years. I don't want to just be <laughs> you know, sitting on my couch and not yeah. able to do something. You know, um, this is interesting. I talked to my mom on the phone Saturday 
And because your mom's lost. Yes. Wait, yeah. So she's lost like 54 pounds wow. now. Wow. And I, you know, I've seen it. I see how much better she feels, how much quicker she's moving and stuff. But I, I called her to ask her specifically, what was the aha moment? Because, mm-hmm. you know, everyone has to have it. Yeah. Like you don't yeah. just go from, you know, being overweight to losing weight without something shifting. And it was interesting to hear what she had said. And it was kind of threefold, she said. One was, she had gone to the doctor and she was diagnosed with prediabetes. So her blood sugar was in that 100 Mm -hmm. to 125 um, range. So she wasn't diabetic yet, but she was headed that way. And her A1C was kind of borderline too. And the numbers were kind of borderline. Like I, she told me what they were back then and I forget what they were, but it was, I was like, yeah, take it or leave it. The metformin, you don't really need it, but they had put her on it. So she took it. And so that was kind of bothering her. But then she said she was, um, at her condo in Arizona. She's got a place there. And she was going to walk to the grocery store, which is like right down the road, Mm -hmm. because she was going to bake a pie. And she said she walked to the grocery store and she said, I darn near died on the walk there. It was really hot. And she said, I was huffing and puffing and my knees hurt. And she's like, I was, it was not pleasant. And she said, and I walked into the grocery store, I think it's called Fry's there. And she said, there was this beautiful produce. Like the fruits and the vegetables wow. were so Fresh, colorful. They're grown there. Oh, oh my gosh, it's yeah. been shipped in. From- yeah. And she's like, they yeah. looked delicious. And she's like, and then I went into the seafood area and like this fresh seafood. And and she said, I was just like drawn to how beautiful this food looked and how tasty it looked. And then she had the realization, like, I'm gonna make this pie. And my mom is an amazing baker. Like she makes some really good food. But she was there by herself in Arizona. And she's like, who's going to eat the pie? Uh, Me. me, (laughs) By myself. She's like, not all in one sitting, but over a course of several days, I'm going to eat the entire thing. And so I think she had that like realization that she um, could eat yummy food that was good for her. Yeah. And feel great. And then she went – to a, a social event and she had trouble getting around and her friend had recommended maybe she get a walker <laughs> and she was like oh, oh my what gosh a kick. and yeah. I, I i think she had trouble at the event like she had to sit down and rest and someone helped her get to the handicapped area and she was like this is not okay this is not the life i no. want to be living and so she said she started eating healthier right then. And when she came home from Arizona, she was down like four pounds. And, um, you know, that was just a handful of months ago. It wasn't that long ago. And I think she's down 54 now. And she always sends me pictures of like what she's making. And it's like, you know, she she likes to cook and she's a really good cook. So she makes these kind of gourmet meals, but they're with healthy foods and she's feeling great and, and loving life. And it's just amazing what the lifestyle can do you know know? and i think that's it i have family members that on my side that dementia alzheimer's Mm -hmm. yes um a lot of it affects and then i have other friends and whatnot on the other side that are um obese Mm -hmm. but their minds are still brilliant so Mm -hmm. much there to go and i look at them and i'm like you have so much life to live, but they were like your mom, mm-hmm. you know, they can't walk anywhere. Yeah. They're exhausted. They're tired. You know, their body hurts just from, you know, all the excess weight that they're carrying. And then I look at like my mom and stuff and I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. you know, here is a woman that was so active and everything else and her mind's gone and how I would love 
to have, you know, her be like she used to be. And I see other people over here just kind of throwing it away. Yeah. And, you know, it's know. just, oh. and They have to have the motivation. To I know. Here's the other thing I was thinking about. Like, the path to um, a goal, it's kind of not so pretty. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, you think of it as being like this straight line. And it's certainly not. It, it's like a total spiral, I think. It's like you start to... And I, I've, I've, I thought about this with my lifestyle over the last maybe 10 years. It's like three steps forward, one step back. Ugh. Three yeah. steps forward. And but and it feels like you're failing, but it's like you're getting closer and closer and mm-hmm. closer. And the path does not look straight for yeah. very many people. Um at one of my conferences I was learning it, maybe five percent of people are just like, All right, like like my mom I mean, and she's not not like yeah. she's gonna She's doing great right now. She's motivated. The scale's moving down. It's great. But she's probably going to go through a period of time here mm-hmm. soon where she's going to eat a whole bunch of food that she yeah. wouldn't normally eat. The scale's going to go up or it's going to quit moving. And she's going to regress a little bit. But then she'll get back on the horse and, and keep moving yeah. forward. And so um, su- success is just it's, – it's a messy process, right? It's not just yeah. we keep moving forward towards the goal – without ever having a little step back. It is yeah. it is not that way. So And I think the process with that too is sometimes your goals change, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. along the way. Which is which is great too. You know, your motivation as long as still still there. Yeah. As long as you're getting someplace and absolutely not, you know, staying stagnant. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. the lifestyle change is huge. I'm gonna talk about some of these I think we've mentioned a lot of these, but I created this um, handout for my patients about the benefits of testosterone. And I just want to kind of go through some of these because they are just so um, important, I, I think. And um, so the first one is that testosterone affects every system in the body. Well, that's what I was going to say it affects you well, kind of going back to that, yeah. you're probably going to hit on this, that if you have an autoimmune issue, mm-hmm. that can cause low testosterone. Yeah. So that's... Yeah. It's not just like sex drive hormone, you know, yeah. or like build muscle hormone, yeah. right? Like it's 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 for your mind. Mm-hmm. It's for your joints. Yeah. It's for your muscles, all of that. Um, okay. The second one I have here is a decrease in testosterone leads to fatigue and depression. Mm-hmm. Some describe the feeling with low testosterone as being bone tired, crawl to bed, wake up tired, nothing makes it better, not even sleep. Because with low testosterone, when it comes time to enter into the stage four sleep, which is the really restorative sleep, we wake up. And so it's just this non-restorative sleep that leads to this bone crushing fatigue. Yeah, I see that with some of my patients. Um it's a it's a slow process losing the testosterone. It 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 doesn't happen overnight, but generally around the, after the age of thirty eight is when we start to see that in in women generally um, and men both both men and women. Um, the most common cause is aging, but other things are some meds, so antidepressants, blood pressure pills birth control pills, statins, which makes perfect sense because yeah. statins are cholesterol it medicines, lowers, mm-hmm. lowers the cholesterol, which is the precursor that you need to make testosterone. Alcohol. Right? Yeah, alcohol. Yep, absolutely. Steroids, um, diabetes drugs, and then, of course, adrenal fatigue, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. It, if not treated, okay, here's kind of what you were talking about. It can progress into diseases such as chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, 
heart disease, mm-hmm. stroke, dementia, migraines, and autoimmune diseases. All these things can happen from um, not treating it. So it's not just, oh, um, my libido's low, let me take testosterone. You can be preventing chronic disease you know, by replacing testosterone. That was my number one reason when um, when my doctor and I talked about health issues in my family mm-hmm. with the dementia. Mm-hmm. And that was what he had yeah. brought up with that was Absolutely. the testosterone. That was one of the number one, like, okay. No one wants dementia. And if no. you've ever lived or had a, someone close to you with dementia... It is. It's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things I think people fear. Yeah. I think stroke and dementia are two of the biggest oh, things. Oh, every time I forget something, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. No more sugar. No more, you I know. know. Yeah. I know. Absolutely. Because it is. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. Libido is dependent on having adequate testosterone. This is fascinating. Adult men have 10 times the testosterone of women, but women have three times more testosterone than they do estrogen. Okay. So you think about testosterone being the predominant male hormone, estrogen being the predominant fem- mm-hmm. female hormone. But actually. Yeah, actually, the testosterone is the predominant male and female hormone. Now, women ha- have more estrogen than men do, and men have more testosterone than women do. So that's kind of, I think, where that comes yeah. from. But if you look at the actual quantity of the hormone in our bodies. Testosterone is the predominant hormone for men and women. I did not know that. Um, and let's see, decreases in, testosterone decreases inflammation, builds muscles and strengthens bones. So a lot of times I'll tell my patients when I replace their testosterone um, that their weight on the scale might go up a little bit. Yeah, because it's muscle. It's muscle mm-hmm. and it's bone strength. Yeah. And, you know, that can bother people at, kind of bothers me a little bit when I see that happening. But really, when I'm on the scale in the morning, what do I care about? I, I, I care about being healthy for one, mm-hmm. but I care that I'm not gaining fat. Right. If my scale weight goes up a little bit because I've gained bone strength and muscle strength, well, that's just fine, you know? Yeah, exactly. And one of um, my clients right now, he showed me, you know, there's, have you ever had that um, gone on that M body machine. It's a, they used to have one at that um, five star nutrition store here in Springfield. It's like a scale. A lot of um, places have these, but it, it detects your weight okay. and your body fat. And, okay. and it's fairly accurate. Okay. But um, his weight, well, he, he'd been losing weight as he'd been working with me. And he was, you know, really motivated and doing great. And he exercises regularly. He's doing fabulous. But we started replacing his testosterone and the weight went up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And but he got back on that body fat scan machine. And he sent it to me, his body fat was down a couple of points, percentage points. Wow. So his weight was up. Just a little, I mean, just a couple of pounds, but his body fat percentage had decreased. And I said, that's exactly what we're looking for. Because as we age, your um, muscle mass naturally decreases. We don't, you know, we're wanting to to preserve your muscle Mm -hmm. mass. And so if your weight on the scale is going up because your muscle mass is going up, that is a good thing. That's a win because we're always told there's nothing you can do. As you get older, you just lose your muscle mass. You just have to deal with it. Well, that's not true. That's not true. So that absolutely happens. And um Let's see, it does not increase the risk of blood clot formation, and it 
decreases the risk of getting breast cancer and decreases the risk of recurrence. So the only people who can't really take testosterone are people with chronic liver disease, elevated blood platelets, okay, elevated red, red blood cell count. So the opposite of anemia, if you have too much blood volume. And I actually monitor that with my testosterone patients because if they get too high of blood volume, that can increase the risk for clotting and they have to donate blood okay. to get, get rid of their blood. And then, um, of course, women who are fertile um, shouldn't take testosterone yeah. um, without permanent birth control because it can, can mess up the fertility cycle a little bit too. Okay. So this is more for women and men really who aren't planning on having um, children anymore. So that's not necessarily for someone who mm-hmm. who's planning on having, having kids in the future. But um, I found it to be really profoundly impactful in my own life and my patients' lives as well. Yeah. But um, I always like to have the caveat of, we still want to work on fixing the underlying cause. We don't want to just say, oh, I feel great on this. So f- eat whatever yeah. you want, you know, get as little sleep as you want. Just it's the magic bullet and you yeah. don't have to do anything with the lifestyle because really fixing the lifestyle is the key. Yeah, because to- those are the things that, you know, I had read too, is that it's really a combination of both of number one, the fixing of cortisol, reducing the stress. Mm-hmm is the biggest and nutrition yeah you know getting in those um fats cutting the sugars and starches exactly you know i mean and it goes back to everything that we keep on telling everybody i know i know but it's so hard it is if it was easy oh my goodness yeah i know but um it's not not easy at all but it is so worth it you know Mm -hmm. so so worth it so so try some meditation do you ever meditate do you ever yes some and actually i had just mentioned that to dan again that i would love for he and i to start um kind of doing a nice stretching meditation Mm -hmm. in the morning together yeah i said even if you give me 10 minutes that would be wonderful oh that'd be good for him so i think it would be good because and you too yeah pretty yeah my life's pretty good. Yeah. Andy has not, I don't think, ever tried it yet. Yeah. But I think he just read a book called Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss. And um, I, I'm going to read it too. But it it's like little short snippets of Tim interviewing these highly successful people from all different realms of life. And he asks them like a few key questions like, you know, what is your favorite book that you recommend for people to read? You know, what what are your habits and routines mm-hmm. that you do? And he told me, and it, he listened to it on Audible, but I think it was like a 17-hour book. Oh, wow. I mean, it's a okay. commitment. And we bought, I bought the hard copy because I thought this is a, I love books like that that are like conducive to reading one small chapter per day. You know, like part of my morning routine is I'll read something like that. So I'm going to I'm read through that one, maybe one person per day. But he said, overwhelmingly, these people, I mean, we're talking like, you know, like Matt Frazier, CrossFit athlete was in there, Um, you know, like Tim McGraw, I think, (laughs) was in there, Uh, you know, I mean, so, um, and then there's like CEOs of big Fortune 500 companies, I mean, so range of people, but he said he could not believe how many of them meditate Mm -hmm. and how many of them don't eat sugar. He said it was a common 
theme again and again and again and again and again. So I think that kind of piqued his interest a little bit, like maybe I should try this meditation a little bit as well. Yeah. But um, he's he's caught in the same spot that I am in where it's like, oh, so much, so many ideas of great things to do and so little time to get it all in, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's why it doesn't have to be long. Um, you know, some of these and stretching is a good way to do it too. I mean, yoga yeah. is meditation. Calming. Yes, yeah. I love Ramwad. I don't know if you. Yeah, do, I mean, I have Ramwad. I have yeah. Ramwad on my phone. Ramwad is an app. Um, it's kind of it's. I call it as yoga for CrossFitters, um, but I pay for that app on my phone, and it's like a. They have a short and a long version every day. Yeah. Um, I think the short version is like 10 minutes. The long version is like 20, and it walks or, you through. And it some, even goes, yeah, and you can program it to really any yeah. body part yeah. exercise type, however you want it. Yeah, and it's got some deep breathing mm-hmm. in it and stretching, and um, it's really, really good. But, you know, also meditation doesn't have to be – for Andy, I think he doesn't formally meditate. Like, you know, for me, it's like – I'm listening to something. I'm sitting quietly in my room, you know, breathing. For him, I think sometimes meditating is being out in nature. Mm-hmm. You know, he loves to hunt. He loves to fish. And he he tells me, he's like, when I sit out there, like, I'm like, how boring is that to sit out in the woods and wait yeah. for a deer to walk by? <laughs> it sounds so boring to me. Yeah. But he's like, it's so calming. And he loves it. And that can be meditative, meditative yeah. too. I was going to say, Dan would say that would Biking. be him on the bike. Absolutely. Because he always says his... His time with God is on the bike. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. So it doesn't have to be. Yeah, um, it can be different for for everybody. It but is. it's but it's that stillness of the mind. You know, yeah. it can't. You're not meditating when you're um, listening to a podcast no. or when you're um, listening to a book or when you're have the TV on or have the radio on. Like it needs to be kind of a quietness, a focused time. Yeah, just you and your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Listen to your body and see what it's telling you it needs. Yeah. You know, sometimes we're going so fast that we don't even hear it. Yeah. You know, so true. Anything else you want to add today about? No, I think that's, you know. Yeah. Pretty pretty straightforward. It's good stuff. Yeah, I listened. We both listened to today. I I was looking for podcasts yesterday. a friend was asking for a recommendation about some podcasts. They're going to go on a long trip. And um, I had shared a few of my favorites with them. And I would like looking through my phone, seeing if there were any other ones mm-hmm. that I had listened to that would be good ones to recommend. And I saw on Mark Hyman's podcast, yeah. Doctor's Pharmacy, that they had a podcast about testosterone. And we had already planned that we were going to talk about this today. So I listened to it and you did too. And, yeah. and it, it was always reassuring to know that oh they're doing the same things same thing i'm that doing we're saying. yeah i know it was just reaffirming like yeah. i don't have a whole lot to talk about today then i listen to it and i'm like okay this is exactly yeah yeah and that's what i find with everything in functional medicine and health it's it's all chronic disease is tied to some the same fundamental things mm-hmm. and and fixing those key fundamental fundamental lifestyle principles yeah is truly the key to health and i guess i want to and as i'm thinking about this because i talked about that in a podcast today the differences of the ranges of conventional versus functional mm-hmm. are different and the types of testing for testosterone testosterone are also different mm-hmm. for the hormones so yeah. just because if maybe you've already gone to the doctor and your doctor said i'm good mm-hmm 
might not be good. Yeah. Might not be good. It, so just that's a great, you know, great point. F- FYI. Yes, absolutely. Because I'm not interested in getting people okay. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to be okay. Yeah. So I, my goal for my patients is the same goals I have for myself, which is more than okay. Yeah. I don't want to be okay. I want to be optimal. And um, and I'm trying to think of the. I don't want to just be yeah. absence of disease. I want to be thriving. You know. Yeah. I want to be thriving. So and this is, I think, what they said. I love. Don't treat the numbers. Treat the patients. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Which is functional medicine. Yeah. And that's what they said. This is what we do. Yeah. You know, when you're working with your patients and you're looking at your labs, you're not worried about the patient before, the patient after, you are fixing that person. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Absolutely. Anyways, okay. Yes. So um, what do we have coming up next? I think we were talking epigenetics. Epigenetics. Yes. Yes. So that's super fascinating. Epigenetics is, uh, we'll talk about it all the next time, but it's like gene expression. Mm -hmm. And so you are more than just the genes you were born with. Yeah. And your environment. I've been learning about sociogenic sociogenomics like who you interact with affects your genes and your dna expression so super um, interesting topic so we're talking about that next time and um we've got all kinds of good things coming up so um i appreciate you guys being here today and um enjoy the rest of your week yeah enjoy summertime yeah you too see you next time guys thanks guys (laughs) bye Thank you for listening to the PRing Life podcast. If you are interested in learning more or would like to work with us, head on over to our website, www.northsidefunctionalmedicine.com. See you next time.